eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their Have you got drama yet? What's up, y'all? Welcome on into the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. And as you can tell by the truncated version of this intro, we got a breaking news edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Let's go across town to that clown car full of children, that home daycare center of Ryan Callahan, and ask Ryan why we've got the why we've got another breaking news edition here of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Haven't had many of these lately, Ryan, but uh, we got one today. Yeah, we, we really haven't have, had many of these lately. People have kind of throughout the season wondered, you know, when when's this on-field progress going to start to show in recruiting? When when is Tennessee going to going to get some 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 of these top targets? And and finally, uh, the Vols have done that with the addition of four-star edge rusher Joshua Josephs of North Cobb High School in Kennesaw, Georgia, obviously in the Atlanta area. He's been a longtime top target for Tennessee. This is a a really nice important recruiting win for Tennessee. Uh, if you're familiar with the Vols roster at all, you obviously know they have needed to continue to build depth uh, among their edge rushers. You know, they certainly addressed that position last year with the uh, with the signing of junior college transfer Byron Young, who has, who has helped quite a bit, uh, but still still needing more help there. And, and, you know, you need more than just a couple guys that can, that can do that effectively. And, and Joseph's is a really talented guy, four-star prospect in 24-7 sports rankings. I know at least a couple of our analysts are very high on him. I've seen him play in person a couple times this year. Really like his game. Uh, just just a nice pickup for Tennessee, and they beat out, obviously, an SEC rival in Kentucky and, and Michigan, uh, a school we've seen them uh, butt heads with a number of times over the years, um, beating out a couple other pretty good programs to, to get a guy from the Atlanta area. So this is a, a nice pickup. You know, a guy Tennessee's been after for months. They offered him way back in March, hosted him on a, on a few visits, and including an official visit back in October. And in Tennessee, in a in a recruitment where they didn't lead the entire way, uh, you know, Michigan looked like was maybe the team to beat at one point during the season, uh, but Tennessee stayed with it and and ends up winning out in the end for uh, for one of its longtime priorities. Yeah, you know, Ryan, it's interesting that Tennessee has gone up against Michigan so much. I, I you know, it, it's almost like sometimes in the South, like. 
you know, Georgia and Bama are kind of getting some of the, the very top guys, the guys that, that are just prized above everybody else, and, and Clemson's in there a lot too. But then there's that, that next tier where just about anybody can get in there. And, and Michigan and Penn State both seem to come down to the south to try to get in on those guys. And, and obviously the, the, those programs are, are having good seasons, you know, but Michigan's, you know, competing for a, for a playoff spot. So it, it, it's – those guys are selling something good up there. So for for Tennessee to be able to go in there and and win this battle, that's a big deal to me. That that is. And we've seen Michigan do a nice job in the South. They've they've done a, they've made uh, several guys in the state of Tennessee, a pretty big priority where we've seen Tennessee involved with them. uh, And and they've, they've gotten some guys in Tennessee in the, in the 2022 class. And and we've seen, uh, we've seen them make the state of Georgia a, a pretty big priority. Obviously a lot of talent in the Atlanta area, Michigan, hardly the only school outside the SEC that tries to go there, uh, but they they really have put a lot of time in uh, in the Atlanta area. And Joseph was a guy that they, you know, again put themselves in position to to really have a shot at landing. Uh, got got an official visit, got him back on campus for a game early this season. And it looked like coming out of that visit, he went to their game against Washington. Uh, you know, under the lights, primetime game early in the season, really had fun up there. And for probably a, a month or so after that visit, uh, the, the consensus was that Michigan was probably the team to beat or at least had the momentum at that time. And then he went back to Tennessee on his official visit uh, the, the weekend of October 9 for the South Carolina game. And, and kind of after that visit, it, it seemed like it, it shifted, uh, that, that Tennessee really took over. And I think there was a, a thought, uh, certainly on Tennessee's part and, and maybe Kentucky too, that all along, there was a thought that maybe distance would win out in the end and that that would be a concern for Michigan that they, they wouldn't be able to overcome. I think that was at least a, a factor in the end. I think the idea of being closer to home, just three hours up the road in Knoxville certainly appealed to, to him and his family and, and Tennessee staff, you know, again, showed him a ton of attention and, and did a really good job of recruiting him. So, you know, again, this is one of those that Tennessee had to kind of play the long game, wait it out, get him on campus a, a handful of times and, uh, and, and just, keep chopping wood, you know, even when it didn't look like things were going their way and, and they did that. So I, to me, this is a, one of those validating types of, of pickups for Tennessee, where, like you said, they go in and beat out another good program and, and, and Kentucky, in fact, might've been the bigger competition down the stretch. Um, but the, the fact that um, the fact that Tennessee, you know, was able to, to win out, I think speaks to this staff's recruiting ability. I know it's been a question mark for some people, but to, to me, to, to be able to win this type of battle, I think shows they're they're certainly capable of going in there and, and beating out some some other heavy hitters for good talent. Yeah, and and Ryan, when I sorry, we got a little audio issue here. Get that kinked out. You know, when, when you look at at sort of his size, you talked about the quiet game, right? And and or the long game. I I mean, and he looks at it. I, I see six three two fifteen here. And I'm thinking, you know, it's a different game. It's a space game these days. Um, but that is awfully lean. I mean, that's almost like, you know, NFL wide receiver size. I mean, he, he's a young kid, obviously. So when you're talking about the frame here, how much can he, can he grow? How much is that going to be a big part of his development? And how quickly does he have the frame to, to sort of address that and, and get where he needs to be? Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's a huge concern for him. I think he's going to uh, going to be able to, to add some weight and, and be fine. You know, Tennessee, Michigan, Kentucky, all those schools see him as the same type of player. See him as an edge rusher, and, and think he'll have no trouble adding that type of weight. I, I've seen, believe me, there have been plenty of guys over the years who have uh, who have been leaner than Josh Josephs coming out of high school, who have 
been able to put on the weight. You know, DeAndre Walker coming in, uh, going into Georgia was a, uh, you know, maybe around 200 pounds, 205. You know, you certainly see the types of guys. Rashawn Evans now with the Tennessee Titans. Before he went to Alabama, he was and going into his senior year of high school, he was 210, 215. So you see those guys sometimes where they're in high school, they are built about like that. And, and that's not a, not a huge concern. So as you said, not a guy that maybe projects as a, as a day one starter um, but because of that size, but because he has such talent and, and such good athleticism. And I, I've, again, seeing him in person, he's pretty quick off the edge, you know, he, but he's, you know, not just an edge rusher. I, I, there's some, he's kind of got a well-rounded skill set where, you know, if you want to drop him in cover some, he can do that. Uh, certainly right now at his current size, he can do that and, uh, you know, stops the run pretty well. So not just a guy who pins his back and, and goes after the quarterback in high school. And, and I think that's only a selling point for the schools that have been after him. But, uh, but I, I, I think there's definitely a, uh, a lot to work with there and certainly a frame that's, that's easily big enough to, to add the necessary weight. And, and, you know, in Tennessee's system, you're going to have guys standing up sometimes they're going to put their hand on the ground sometimes. Uh, so you've got some options to use them in different ways as he, as he continues to, to bulk up. But I don't, I don't think that's going to be a problem for him. Yeah. The reason I said that is just because I, you know, I look at a guy like Roman Harrison, right. And, and he's, you know, he had kind of a similar size around there coming to Tennessee. Now it's his third year in the program. He's six two two thirty five. And, and he played, for instance, a great game against South Alabama, but he's also had some games against some SEC teams where he's sort of been stood up at the line of scrimmage too much. You know, he's been – once people get their hands on him, you know, he's quick but and he's, and he's strong, but when the bigger offensive linemen get their hands on him, he struggles a little bit. So I wonder I, – I just wonder how much bigger a guy like Josephs would, would need to get in order to overcome things like that. Obviously, every player is different, right? We always try to get into the comparison game. But you just look at the way the game's played now, and you see, okay, I could see size not being a huge issue there. I, I'm just wondering how much bigger he needs to get uh, in order to be explosive enough to sort of overcome those things. Yeah, I, I don't think a, a lot more. And, that, and that's, you know, again, we see it with all sorts of players at every position almost. They're, they're just going to come into college weight rooms, and they're going to blow up a little bit. Um, so this is almost – in a lot of ways, this is kind of the size you want them to be. If you want them to be uh, in a system like Tennessee's, a, you know, a 245, 255-pound edge rusher, you almost want them to be in the 215 to maybe 225 range coming out of high school just because when they get into a weight room in college, they are going to, to put on some weight just naturally as they, uh, you know, eat, eat three meals a day. And some kids don't do that in, in high school and they don't stay in a in a weight room all the time and, and do all the things that you, that you have to do in college. So uh, they just, they just get in there and, and they kind of, uh, kind of explode a little bit physically. And so I, I think when you, when you get him onto a college campus, it's not going to take him very long to, to put on 20 pounds probably. And then after that, you're just, you know, adding a few more pounds to, to make sure he can, can withstand that, uh, that, that beating and get off blocks and all that stuff. So I, I think he'll be fine. And, you know, again, it's a, he's a guy that ha, has a skill set that maybe allows you to, to put him on the field early if, if, if he does take a little more time uh, than, than needed to, to add some weight. He, he's a guy that you can put him out there situationally and he'll be fine or maybe do some different things with him because of his positional versatility um, because he, he could be, you know, at his current size, he could be a, a linebacker if you needed him to, but I, I don't think that's what he does best. I think he's at it is at his best when he's going after the quarterback and that's certainly what Tennessee – envisions him doing so uh you know kind of in that leo position that we've that we've heard a lot about with the staff uh that byron young and some of those guys play so 
I, I think they're, they're going to be able to find a way to use him. And, and yeah, I don't, th- I don't think he needs to add too much weight. I think somewhere in the 30, 35 pound range over time. And, and it doesn't, it doesn't all have to happen in year one, but it, it tends to happen pretty quickly once those guys get on campus. Yeah. I don't want people to think I was, I was, you know, trying to sound negative there or, or, or have a counterpoint or anything like that. I just wonder that because we've heard Hypel say throughout the, the year that, when he's looking at recruiting, Tennessee's got to get faster, but it's also got to get bigger. It's got to get bigger and stronger. And so when I see something like that, it just sort of makes me wonder a little bit, and that's why I I was curious there. But there's a lot to also really like about this kid, the explosiveness, the way he plays the game. we got a lot more. We're going to talk about him. Well, Um, well, one more point on that. Let's not forget Byron Young. They've talked a lot about how much weight he has put on since he arrived at Tennessee. He's kind of an example of what you're going to see with a lot of these guys, once they get on campus, you know, Young has put on a ton of weight in his first year in the program. Um, and, and again, especially for those junior college guys, they're not on the uh, the, the kind of routine and, and sure, not in the type sure. of weight room and everything else they're going to have uh, at, at a place like Tennessee. So that that's easy for those guys to make the jump. Certainly think it's no different for a guy like Joseph, who's you know, 18 years old and coming in and, and uh, you know, just getting acclimated to college. It's, it's just going to naturally happen. But Byron, Byron Young, kind of a good example because he was a, a fairly lean guy himself, and, and now is playing year one at Tennessee, obviously. Yeah, and that, that's what I meant. I mean, before we go to break here, I, I just I didn't want people to think I was being negative about this because I think this is a huge recruiting gift for Tennessee. This is a, this is a big, big addition, and this is a guy who, uh, you know, I, I again, I you will find people who are better evaluators of high school talent than me, but but I know the game, and I can watch this kid, and I can say I like what I see from him off the edge. So so there's lots like there. I I just had that question about that, and, and and like you said, you know, he gets to Tennessee, he can go into a bod pod, you know, he can get those personalized smoothies after workouts. They they can flip that body in a hurry. They can change it in a hurry. I I just had. I was curious to to just make sure that they definitely saw him as an edge or if the way the game's played now, he he maybe wouldn't dabble some an inside backer. I, I was just curious because he has kind of that body where you could see it going uh, a lot of a lot of different well, ways. Well, and here's the here's the reason you definitely see him as an edge uh, because he has the length to do it. That's one of the things that when sometimes guys are a little leaner in high school, um, they maybe project more as an inside guy. Sometimes it's because they're not tall enough and don't have the length. One of the things that we have in our in our very, very good uh, evaluation on Joshua Joseph's profile on 24-7 sports is that he has a verified 82-inch wingspan. That's um, huge. So, that, that, that is really nice. So when you have that kind of length uh, to be able to fight off those long offensive tackles, that that's what you're looking for. you got to have uh, long arms to be able to do that. And, and he has, again, pretty good, pretty good height. 6'3 is, uh, is, is kind of the that's more the benchmark of where you want those guys to be at least six, three, ideally to, to be able to withstand the, you know, the six foot six and taller tackles. And so that, that that's that wingspan, certainly part of the reason you get it's quick twitch. He's got a, got a good first step off the edge and, and has the length. So that's where you start. And that's why I think people see him as an edge rusher. Yeah. That's, you know, Nick Saban has those things. He calls the critical factors. And, and one of those things is being an edge. You want to be at least six, three, ideally six, four, but six, three and above is good. And that's, that's one of the reasons why is you, you look at it and you see, okay, yeah, like you, you need those long arms. So there's plenty more to talk about this young man. We're going to talk about his game a little bit, the strengths that he has in his game, some things that he's going to have to maybe improve at the next level. Also talk about sort of where Tennessee goes from here at the edge position because we, we know 
That is an area where games are very clearly won and lost. Is right there on the edge of the line of scrimmage. So what's Tennessee's plan You know, going forward? There's a lot more to discuss about that. Before we do it, though, we're going to step away for just one second, pay some bills, listen to products, services, in-house ads, other fun things. And we will be right back here on the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. Hashtag ad money! Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Ryan Callahan coming to you from across town there at his home daycare center. Talking about Tennessee adding four-star Edge defender Joshua Josephs to its recruiting class. The Vols doing some good things on the field, and you wonder when that's going to translate to, to getting the recruiting thing going again. Well, here, here's a big part of that. Tennessee, as as went, as a early signing period approaches, uh, Tennessee needed to, to get the ball rolling, and Tennessee is apparently starting to do that. So good news, lots more to discuss on that in the second segment here of this podcast. Quickly, though, uh, if you could – Guys, t- just take about a minute out of your day right now and go in there and rate and review this podcast and hit that subscribe button. If you're just listening for free on the website, nothing wrong with that. We love you. No wrong way to listen to this podcast. But the one thing that we ask for is, is please go in there and hit that subscribe button, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher. Anywhere in the world you can cast the fine pod, you can find this Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We do this for free, and we're happy to do it. The one thing that we ask, tell your friends, and uh, go ahead and rate and review and subscribe. For people who are already doing that, thank you. We love you. For those people who are not doing that, go yourself. That that That's the policy. And I know some people are like, that's rude. And my response is, no, it's not rude. It's rude to not help us. And, and I think that's where I'm going with that. So uh, and m- people may not be backing me on that. Even my coworkers felt some resistance from Ryan earlier on that. But uh, that's 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 what's going to happen now. And if he wants to come host the podcast, he is welcome to do that. Ryan, Tennessee has gotten this commitment. And people want to know why should should Tennessee fans be excited about this player and my response to that would be just just watch some film. Is that is that fair to say? He looks looks really fun off the edge. He is, and uh, and and you know, as as I said before, kind of some positional versatility when you look at his high school film because you know at his current size, certainly he's he's got some traits that that could easily fit at linebacker if you needed him to. But that's uh, the, again, that's only a plus. That doesn't mean he's going to be a linebacker or, or more of a true linebacker, but. Um, means you could you could do some different things with him. You could you can drop him back in coverage here and there, and maybe surprise some teams with some you know zone blitz looks or something like that. So you you you've got some options for the guy that can that can do some of those things. And but realistically, what he does best is is 
you know, get after the quarterback, rush off the edge, set the edge. Let, let's not forget, you know, the run game's a big part of that. And I think he's he, he's pretty good in run support off the edge. And, and is, uh, you know, just for the first game I saw in this season, early in, early in the regular season, nationally televised game against Milton High School, good competition. He, he just blew up a, a handful of plays. I, I don't remember the, the final stats, but something like five tackles for loss in that game. I mean, he was just all over the place. So this is a, this is a perfect kind of player to add to Tennessee's uh, very attacking defensive style that we've obviously seen this year under first-year coordinator Tim Banks. They've uh, they've been among the nation's leaders in tackles for loss this season. And, uh, and you know, Byron Young got that. And Joshua Joseph fits in well with that. And, uh, you know, certainly will upgrade the athleticism of that group, improve the depth. And, um, you know, it's one thing I'm sure people will ask, we talked about you know, in the last segment, whether he, you know, needs to add a lot of weight, things like that. One, one, one question I'm sure that will come up, is he an early enrollee? It does not sound right now like he plans to be on campus in January. The latest he's told me is that that he's not planning to, just going to finish high school out and enjoy his spring semester. And, and you know, had when I, check, when I checked on that in August, it sounds like he had – had some additional work to do anyway. So it might've just come down to not, not being able to, or wanting to do the extra work needed to do that. But it sounds like he's going to finish out high school and enroll in the summer. So that, that might set back his, his, uh, his hopes of being a, a day one major impact player, but, but maybe not, you know, sometimes those guys can surprise you with that, but has the ability absolutely to, to contribute in some form or fashion as a true freshman it could help on special teams, could be a situational pass rusher, can do a lot of things with him, but this is a, a really good athlete. Again, we talked about it before good length. There's just a lot to like there, but this is a guy who's a, a playmaker and uh, you know, 20, 25 plus offers um, that, that we have, including schools like Auburn, Auburn offered him this summer, tried to get involved. He, he didn't have a ton of interest in, in Auburn uh, at the time, despite, you know, Auburn having some connections at, yeah, at his high school. Auburn does really well in the Atlanta area historically, you know, they do. So that was a, it was a little bit of a surprise to some people in his recruitment that, that Auburn did not become more of a factor after that. And this is a guy Georgia was really thought to be evaluating pretty heavily earlier this season. And, and they just never got around to offering him and, and kind of set their sights on another guy. Tennessee is recruiting James Pierce out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah. Um, they, they offered him instead and, and Joseph's that might've allowed Tennessee to kind of remain the team uh, or one of the teams to beat. Uh, but again, you know, they didn't lead the whole time. They, they had to kind of come back to beat, beat out Michigan and then down the stretch Kentucky where he went up to the Kentucky Tennessee game on November 6th. So, um, you know, certainly a, a, a nice recruiting win there for Tennessee, but yeah, on film, there's a, there's a lot to like about Joshua Joseph. And again, I mentioned some of our analysts are very high on him. That's reflected in his rating. He's, he's had that three-star rating in the 24 seven sports composite for months, but uh, a four-star prospect on, on 24 seven sports uh, that he was, he was moved up, I think in August going into his senior season or around the start of his season. And, and I know our guys like him quite a bit. So it, that, that definitely shows you he's got some real, upside and, and talent that uh that, that's made this a big pickup for Tennessee and I'll tell you what too I mean I you know we have our evaluators you know go watch these kids actually play you know you've been down there to 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 actually watch him play we've had a lot of other guys in the network especially because we got a bunch of people in that Atlanta area obviously uh, who can go in there and watch him play so so what I've seen is, is highlights and, and clips and, and but one thing that stood out to me in these clips He's got to have a pretty pretty decent coaching staff down there at his high school because he's got a, a few different moves, and, and, and you see a lot of times guys who are who are edge guys, you know, dominant edge type players at the high school level, even at really good high schools, 
they don't have a lot of moves because they don't really need a lot of moves. You know, they, they just kind of, they're able to race around offensive tackles. They're able to overpower them. They're able to just kind of dip that, dip that shoulder and go. And he has a couple of different moves on film. And that's something that I think gives you a pretty nice base to work with. If you're Tennessee's coaching staff, you know, guys like Mike Eckler, uh, guys like Rodney Garner, obviously Tim Banks. I, I just, I think, when you combine the fact that he's got, I think, like a four-three shuttle, like a thirty-two or thirty-three-inch vertical, eighty-two, you know, inch wingspan, and already got a couple of different moves, Ryan, I, I, I like that combination of things. I think he shows some different things on film, for sure. Uh, the, and th- this is a guy. I, I mean, you mentioned it all right there: the athleticism, the wingspan, uh, the, the quick first step off the edge. He, he's he's got a skill set that absolutely, as a four-star rating might suggest, absolutely could could add up to being a future NFL player. To me, he's the, he has that kind of ability uh, to, to be an NFL player if he develops uh, into the into the guy that I think he can be in the future. So he, he this is, uh, there's a lot to like on film and a, you know, a well-rounded skill set, as you said, not not just a, a kind of a one-trick pony off the edge. He can do a lot of things uh, to get to the quarterback and to get into the backfield. And, and again, shows it in coverage, uh, shows it as kind of just covering the field as a linebacker, uh, you know, seeing him chase down plays from behind and things like that, where he really shows off his speed. So uh, this is just a, just a good football player. These are the kind of guys Tennessee has not been able to, to get often enough in recent years. Uh, they've just had so many of these types going back to Jeremy Pruitt era. And even before um, these, these good edge rushers, they go after in, in neighboring States, especially they've, they've just lost out on too many of these types of guys where, where they needed a guy like Byron Young from the junior college ranks last year to be able to address that need. And now to get one from high school ranks like this, who has a still a ton of upside, you know, still not a finished product because he needs to add some weight, you know. But these are the types of guys you need to get so that you know, in a couple of years, that this is the guy who gives you the, the potential to maybe have, you know, an All SEC player at that at that position, you know. Not 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 to put too much expectation on him, but I think he's got that kind of ability to to at least give Tennessee more of that upside that they've been missing on defense. You know, just not enough special players, special talents on that side of the ball. I think Joshua Joseph is the type of guy who gives you that type of upside that they need in the future. Well, and I'll be honest, it's a bit of a bummer that it doesn't look like he's going to arrive in January because he's a guy who could probably use those that four or five extra months head start on his college career. And that's not to say that he can't do uh, you know, a lot of work on his own. I'm sure he's got a trainer down there. I'm sure he works out at his high school. I'm, I'm sure he does some things. And, and and if a kid wants to enjoy his final semester of life as a high school student before things get serious at the college level, I, I got no problem, no no no, uh, no skin off my back there. I I understand that, but he's a guy who you look at what Tennessee's got off the edge, and we've not seen all season what Tyler Barron can really do. Tyler Barron's had a hamstring injury; he's been nicked up in other ways. I think he's a really dynamic player, and I don't think he's been able to show it this season. Byron Young, assuming he comes back to Tennessee next season, which I don't think is a given, but I, I think would would be probably more likely to come back than go. So you got those two coming back off the edge. Likely you got you know Roman Harrison, a guy who's done some things off the edge. You got some young guys you're trying to develop there, um, but that's a position where Tennessee needs a little bit more dynamic ability you know it just those good sec really good sec defenses they just give you all kinds of problems off the edge you know you got to be good at defensive tackle but you also have to cause problems off the edge and he's a guy who i think could you know like you said with his athleticism he's a guy who if he can hit the hit the ground running in the weight room and pick up the defense he, he could help maybe early he's a guy who who has some of that ability so what i'm wondering now ryan is 
I don't think, and, and feel free to 100% step on my toes and correct me here, I don't know how many edge guys Tennessee sort of wants to sign in this class, but I can't imagine it's only one. I, I, looking at the numbers, I would think they need to do more work there. Am I, am I off base there, or, or, or is that right? No, I, I think that's right. I think they would like to certainly add a second one now. They've got so many needs in this class, only so much space that I, I think it'd be hard to take more than two unless you were just getting a, a, the type of player you can't turn down. I think Tennessee is certainly in a position where talent sometimes is going to outweigh positional needs, where if you find a find the right guy, you're just going to take him. But the, the other main guy uh, to watch uh, at edge rusher, and we've, we've already mentioned him before, is, is James Pierce out of Charlotte, North Carolina. He's been to three of Tennessee's home games uh, this season uh, and still has an official visit left to take down the stretch to Tennessee. That's, Sounds a, like that's that. a lot. I mean, three three unofficials and one official in one season, that's a lot. Yeah, so so if, if that if that official visit happens as planned, uh, then that's that's obviously a pretty good setup for Tennessee to have a good shot there. Georgia looks like it might be among Tennessee's main competition there. He did get an offer from Georgia this season, and and planning to to visit there again. Already been to a game this season, so that that's certainly uh, one to watch. But and, and probably the main target, uh, Tennessee continues to look for additional edge rushing help. They've got they've got some pressing needs. You know, as you said, still with Tyler Barron and 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 I I think probably with Byron Young back next year, you, you've got some guys back at that position where you're not in, in desperate, desperate need, but you certainly could use a second guy. And, and the transfer portal always offers a backup plan, but uh, certainly James Pierce looks like a, a pretty good option for Tennessee right now. How, how and, much, and we'll, Ryan, how much is South Carolina in the mix for him? Because South Carolina, <laughs> you know, you see the crystal ball, you see the fact that it, it seems like all of our guys who cover South Carolina think that's that kid's going to, to Carolina. But, uh, you know, I just – it seems to me like it's you know how can you go visit Tennessee four times in one season and have not be have that not be your leader? Yeah, well, it's, again, the crystal ball not always an up to date reflection of where things stand. And those I think those predictions were coming in, in the summer when he had been to South Carolina once over the summer and and Missouri he took he, he took an official visit to Missouri back in June. Uh, that was his first official visit. So uh, right at that time, it didn't look like the the competition was all that. Uh, fierce for South Carolina since then, you know, Tennessee's obviously made him a priority. Georgia jumped in there this season. Florida also offered him during the season. So uh, his, his stock kind of rose and, and not to say South Carolina is out of it. Cause he's also been back there, I think this season, but, uh, but I, I do think Tennessee is, is, is right up there. Uh, certainly among the teams at the top and that South Carolina, I, w- I certainly wouldn't say they're the team to beat as of the recording of this podcast. So we'll, we'll see where that one goes down the stretch, but I think Tennessee's got, as good of a shot as anybody at James Pierce. And if you could, if you could pair Joshua Joseph with James Pierce, that, that would be a, a pretty strong tandem at, at edge rusher. Tennessee's not had that type of edge rusher class uh, in, in, in a while. So that, that would be a really impressive duo at that spot. Uh, Pierce, even longer than Joseph. I think he's in the six, four, six, five range. Yeah. I think he's, I think he's a solid six, five. Another another lean guy, uh, you know, that's going to need to put on some weight, but just a ton of ability there, and and, and really impressive film from his senior season too. So I, I think that would be the the main name to watch there. We'll, we'll see if Tennessee makes. You know, they're still in the mix with some other guys down the stretch, uh, some guys committed to other schools even that, that we'll see if they end up visiting uh, and, and and things like that over the next uh, the next couple of weeks. But I do think Tennessee has some other options there. But I think they they do start with James Pierce, and he looks like probably. Tennessee's best option among those uh, remaining targets. Yeah, the the hazards of recruiting podcasts, uh, the nature of the beast there, you you always have to say, well, at the time of recording, you you know, because these things change so quickly and 
Especially during the stretch. Yeah, I mean, you you know, as soon as, even if you did a live podcast with this stuff, as soon as you say something five minutes later, these are kids, right? I mean, they could be like, screw it, I want to go to Oregon or or whatever they want to do. You know, you just never know. So that's... That's always interesting. So there's well, plenty that's more. Some, that's something to watch too. You know, down the stretch, you know, a lot of these things are subject to change because you have coaching changes, you have assistant coach uh, departures, things like that that can really shake up a player's recruitment at the last minute. So that's why you just you never rule out anything here down the stretch because you know LSU, Florida, a lot of these places hiring new coaches. There's going to be movement and, and, and dominoes falling that uh, can shake things up uh, in a player's recruitment pretty quickly. You see it every year. And it's certainly worth noting because, uh, you know, you can think Tennessee is in good position or, or out of it or whatever for a player. And that can change in a, in a second just because of all the all the coaching changes and everything else that can affect a player's recruitment in these final weeks before early signing day. Yes, it can. Yes, it can. There, there's plenty more to discuss. We're going to have a, obviously a lot more of these recruiting podcasts down the stretch. So lots and lots more to discuss. Ryan, you got anything else before we step out of here? I think we're already a bit over on time, but uh, you doing you got anything else? Yeah, just just wanted to add, you know, I think this is kind of the beginning of uh, of what could be a pretty active stretch run for Tennessee. Uh, you know, a lot of needs still to address in this class. This is a, a big piece for Tennessee to add, but certainly think you're going to see Tennessee continue to to close well um, as they as they've needed to add a bunch of players to this class. And I think they've been in position with some guys to to have a chance to close well, but just kind of been waiting for players to make decisions. And, and this might kind of get the ball rolling here over the next few weeks. I think that's a good place to leave it, Ryan. Thanks for your time, man. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. And you know what, guys? If I could find that button, where is that button? There it is. Now I can say thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. You can find all of us on Twitter. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. Uh, if you want just Tennessee news in your feed, nothing else, go get that at twitter.com slash govols247. You can also go to facebook.com slash govols247, where we update that page all day, every day, pretty much around the clock, tons of stuff on there. But if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain Spring Water directly from the tap, go get that at govols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets for coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball, Lady Vols coverage with Maria Cornelius, who does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us all year long. we got two forums that run around the clock, the Checkerboard and the Summit, where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and discuss anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with all of us on the staff, all five of us, and thousands of, of Tennessee fans across the world every time zone just no matter what time of day it is we got people who will be there wanting to talk vols and wanting to talk life and all sorts of other fun things with you so you get all of that it's a couple what a couple dozen fresh content items most days uh, access to the best database in all of college sports by far the best database in all of recruiting you got those two forums you got everything All of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month after a seven-day free trial. That is all it costs. And if you pay us that ridiculously low rate, again, which is less than one mediocre lunch per month, on top of that, we will give you in perpetuity free access to CBS All Access. I did it again, Paramount Plus. Dang it. There's another dollar to the the jar. 
Paramount Plus used to be CBS All Access. Now it's Paramount Plus. That's a just a growing, just explosive streaming platform with every show CBS has ever made commercial free. Tons of exclusive shows on there that you can only find on Paramount Plus. Some exclusive movies you can only find on Paramount Plus. And we're talking like like big budget, A-list actors and actresses, tons and tons of stuff. Also, you get things from the from the the files of Smithsonian, uh, Nickelodeon, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, something for the entire family. New movies, old movies, old classics, tons and tons of stuff. Plus live sports. You get uh, you get live sports, non-demand sports, SEC stuff, so obviously Tennessee stuff, Tennessee football, Tennessee basketball, March Madness, NCAA tournament. You got uh, NFL, PGA Tour, UEFA Champions League, UEFA Europa League, World Cup qualifiers, Serie A, Italian Top League Soccer, tons of stuff. Guys, that's like a two or $300 annual value, basically, that, that you get for uh, free. For free. So basically, what we're giving you is about 400 bucks worth of stuff for about 100 bucks a year and change. You cannot beat that deal anywhere. Go do it. Go to GoVols247.com. You should hear from us in a couple days, guys, unless breaking news happens before then. So until then, just uh, be good to each other. Try to have some empathy. There's not enough of that in the world these days. See you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.